Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hello and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Alice Giddings, a Metro lifestyle reporter, standing in for Rachel this week while she's away. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Nick Collier, better known as Elva Day from Series 3 of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. It was just as Nick was hitting the big time that his mum, Donna, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Today, we'll be talking about supporting a family member through a life-changing diagnosis and how it also affects your mental health. But before that, our lovely listeners have been telling us what they've been doing to support their mental health this week. Best way for me to cheer myself up um, and improve my mental health is to take a bike ride on my own, old-fashioned bike with a basket. I feel dead posh and I love the wind blowing through my hair. I stay positive by running and I find it really good for my mental health. It gives me thinking space. It enables me to have time outside in the great outdoors, which is amazing. And I try to run as much as possible off the roads and where I'm next to a river or in amongst green um, places and spaces. And I find that it really helps my mental health. The change in attitude when I finish my run is completely different. I recommend everyone run. Mentally Hi, Nick. Thank you for coming on Mentally Yours today. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, a bit chilly. October's decided it's going to be winter now rather than 30 degrees like it was last week. But apart from that, I'm very good. Good, good. Now, um, a lot of our listeners will know you from Drag Race Season 3, but you fame didn't find you overnight. So um, I know you left home at 16 to pursue a career in theatre. Can you tell me what that was like? What made you do that? 
Um, yeah, so um, I did. I left at 16, which now I think about it was so young, but also at the time I was so ready. Um, my, I, I've always danced and I did a panto when I was like 14 or 15 and got paid for it. And I realized, hey, I can get paid to do this. This is so much fun. So I trained like crazy because my dance school was really full on and started auditioning when I was 15 for various colleges and got into Bird College and off I went at 16. And it was the best thing I could have done, I think. My family had been going through a divorce. My mum and dad went through a fairly messy divorce. And as the eldest kid, I was very much involved. So I was just very much ready to get on with my own life and, you know, cut my own path and do my own thing. So, um, so off I went and it was honestly the best choice I ever made. I'm glad I didn't stick around until 18 because there was nothing else I really wanted to do. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage as well to do it so young. It's really impressive. At the time though, it didn't feel like that. It felt very normal. I think I just... I take everything in my stride anyway. I think that's my character, my nature. And I felt very grown up as well at 16. I felt like I, I didn't really, my, the friends, if you can call them friends at school, I moved school when I, in year 11 as well. So it was quite traumatic, the build up to, to leaving. So I feel like I was, I was just in a place where I was like, okay, get me out of here. Let me get on with my life. I've had enough. Bye. Fair enough. And so tell me when you started experimenting with drag and becoming Ella, like how does performing as Ella make you feel? Um, well, the drag side of it came into to, to my life really late, actually. It wasn't until 2017 that I did my first ever I got put into drag basically by um, Mac Makeup. We did um, a charity gig, a drag performance. So I don't, I can't do the maths right now. What's that like six years ago? So I would have been 29 when I first ever did drag, but I'd always been a massive fan of drag race. I didn't really know much real life drag because I'd never, I'd never had the opportunity to go to like watch drag in a bar or anything. So see, I kind of just, I kind of fell into it. And at the time I was doing musical theatre. So it would have been when I moved to the Book of Mormon in the West End when all of this this group of people did this charity event. And it kind of um, sparked that creativity that I'd lost through doing theatre so much because as creative as it is, you're also just doing the same thing six days a week, eight shows a week, you know, and eventually you get a bit like, okay, this is just my job now. I'm just kind of showing up, making the moves, singing the songs So drag kind of gave me that new lease of life and a bit more creativity, like learning to paint my face and thinking about how to like proportionize my body correctly and stuff. It just, it just kind of gave me an interest really. And then I ended up on Drag Race somehow during the lockdown. (laughs) Yes. Well, I read that um, you'd had to take a a job at Morrison's during, during COVID. So, you know, so you felt like, you know, you had something to do because I can imagine working in theatre, everything went out the window. Um, So to go from Morrison's to, to Drag Race in a very, must have felt quite like a a very big change. Yeah, huge. So March, 2020, I was rehearsing for Hairspray the show that I'd always wanted to do, covering Corny Collins. By the next week, I'd got a job in Morrison's and was stacking the shelves and it was a huge shift. And then by the following March, I'd finished filming Drag Race and was in the top three. So it was 
yeah, working in Morrison's was really just to just to help pay the bills and stuff. And then luckily I was able to get the self-employed grants, thank goodness, which kind of eased up my time a bit more. So I focused on social media with with Ella accounts and yeah, and then ended up going on drag race by the end of the year. So so yeah, it, it was it was a very, very stressful year because when when the lockdowns happened, everyone in theatre, anyone that's in entertainment kind of got massively hit by that. And for a lot of us, we thought, well, at first it was, oh, we're going to be off for six weeks. That's fun. And then it carried on and on and on and on. And you really do panic. You're like, is this the end of my career? You know, I, I was 31, I think. And, you know, you work so hard. I'd worked hard for about 12, 13 years. And then suddenly it's over. So it was, it was a scary time. And am I right in thinking that sort of when you started to build up your online presence as Ella, did you tell friends and family you were doing that? Or was that something that you didn't feel comfortable sharing with friends? I No, I kept it secret. So it was while I I just left the Book of Mormon and I decided to give drag a little push because I was out of work and I wanted to earn some extra money. And I thought, Do you know what? I own a wig. I can kind of paint my face. So let's put myself out there. And rather than me creating an Instagram profile and saying to all of my friends, anyone that had watched me on, on stage, like, Hey, come follow me. It just felt a little bit, um, a little bit fake to me. I want, I would rather always do it the hard way. So I started it in private. I started gigging, didn't tell any of even my close friends, my best friends didn't know about it. Part of it was me protecting myself from maybe people I'd met through musical theatre that would have done that charity gig. It was maybe me protecting myself from people like sort of judging me or being like, oh, look at you doing drag. Oh, because, you know, any any profession where you have to audition and it's very competitive can then on the flip side be very judgmental and not fully support you, but rather judge you or like make little digs. So that's partly why I did it. And a lot of people didn't know I did drag kind of on a, I wouldn't say professional level, but people didn't know I did drag up until I'd, you know, gone to drag race. So I I really did keep it secret for the whole year. And it used to scare me when people would follow me on my drag account from normal life, because I'd be like, oh no, they found me. You know what I mean? It's really weird, but that's how it felt at the time. It was like, oh no, I've been discovered. Ah, And it, it felt weird continuing doing the sort of content I was doing on my drag profile with people I knew following it it was it was a very strange thing because I kind of built up a following of people that didn't know me and that's what I loved about it so obviously going on drag race then that must have been a real kind of moment for you where you're like right everyone will know now um did did that take some some courage yeah I was excited because I'd because I'd worked on it myself and, and I own it and uh the success I'd had online at that point had brought in like 23,000 followers, which is kind of big for someone that's not even done Drag Race yet. Um, I, no, I, I was, you know, going on Drag Race is such a scary experience to start with. So I knew the whole world was about to see me, let alone people that I knew personally. And I I would like to think that they would support me. Uh, anyone from musical theatre that had seen me have success and gone Drag Race, it's kind of like unheard of. And I kind of like the thought that people wouldn't expect it from me too, because uh, 
I don't think anyone would have expected me to have ended up being on Drag Race and having done so well. So I was kind of excited, but at the same time, before going on Drag Race, I was just ultimately just so nervous and scared because it's such a scary thing to put yourself, you know, to put yourself forward for something like that is just a whole host of emotions and stress. So season three of Drag Race for you was obviously a huge moment, but it did coincide with your mum being diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, And so how did that make you feel when you first heard that news, especially since I know she she kept her diagnosis to herself for a while? Yeah, she did. So she didn't tell us until the show was about to kind of air. So it was around September-ish of 2021 just as the show was about to come on onto screen. And my initial thought was, I, I, I told her off, basically, because I'm I'm her eldest son. I was like, you should not have kept this to yourself, because I know, even if you're a little bit worried about getting a diagnosis, um, keeping it to yourself is stressful. But at the time, she had a boyfriend who she did, you know, talk to. So I felt comfortable that she had, she had spoken to someone. But I told her off, and I was like, you should have told me. And then, you know, the next emotion is fear that, you know, my mum had cancer again because she'd had cancer previously in 2008. So for for cancer to come back in a different place was was scary. And it was like, not again. I can't believe this is happening to my mum who who doesn't deserve it. No one deserves cancer today. But like when it's your own mum, it's like, no, 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 no. It's It was awful. And it came at it came at a time when ultimately it was the most busiest stressful time of my life as well. So it kind of, it, uh, it, it just, yeah, it, it was, it was very emotional, but, uh, we got through it. And I think she, she loved the whole drag race process as well. So anytime she could come up and see a viewing party, um, and I only did viewing parties when I knew I was going to win the episode as well, which is kind of quite, kind of naughty, but every time she came, you know, she was at a, a a viewing party where I'd win a badge. So she, you know, kind of, it kind of got her through and she made so many friends through doing that as well. So yeah, it it was, it was very stressful, but we got through it. And, you know, luckily my mum's a massively uh, positive person. So yeah. Good. And how did, I mean, obviously you want to support your mum as best you can, but that's quite, it's a big mental load to, to, carry so how did supporting your mum impact your mental health more long term I've spoken about this quite recently because I've just done the real full Monty which is talking about cancers you know and and our on our stories and I felt a massive amount of guilt that I couldn't always be there for my mum and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same you know I wanted to be there to support my mum through her chemo through her radiotherapy but when she was going through that, I was also on tour with like the girl group and I was doing so many live appearances and, you know, bits to do after Drag Race because it's so busy. So I felt a massive amount of guilt and I was able to go down and take her to a chemo appointment one time. But, you know, I think because I'm the eldest son, I I just I felt guilty that I couldn't be there again because the last time she had cancer... I was in my third year of college. So again, a massively busy year, working towards the show, trying to get an agent, auditioning, et cetera. So yeah, it, it was it was really tough because I, I'd be out there gigging on the road, having the best time of my life, 
you know, everyone's shouting my name. But on the flip side, we toured to Norwich where my mum lives. And because... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. She just had her treatment. She couldn't come and watch it. And speaking to my mum going through her chemo was. was the worst part of it because she just a didn't look herself she didn't feel herself and she just sounded so bad and there were moments on the phone where she would tell me like she she would be like I feel like I'm dying and I'm like it's hard to know what to do to support your mum in that situation because you know the treatment she's going through is there to help her get over it to beat the cancer but at the same time it's 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 the toughest thing to to watch your mum have to go through that and not be able to be there as much as you like. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that was for you. Um, and I think you make a really good point is you often hear from family members that they really want to be strong for the person who's going through treatment. Um, and that's clearly something that resonates with you. Like, how do you kind of pep talk yourself into that? Did you feel like you almost had to take a step back emotionally from it to be there for your mum. I know you couldn't be there in person, but on the phone when she's saying those things that are really emotional and hard to hear, how do you deal with that? I don't know. I'm I'm not great at uh, being emotional myself, so I'm very good at bottling up everything, which is which is not the best thing. But in those scenarios, I had to sort of just talk her down and and try and try and see the positives and talk about the end goal, like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, because it, as, as, um, as positive as she is as a person, I think in those situations, she found it very, very difficult. Um, but it, it doesn't just stop there. You know, since she's recovered and been cleared of cancer, the mental struggle that she has now is, is as much as it was when she first got diagnosed, if not more, because, I now have to support her. Now her life's completely changed and, you know, she's lost a part of her anatomy and her, her sort of, uh, her thoughts on life have changed. So yeah, I, I just try to be as supportive as I can. Obviously I don't know what it feels like to go through that, but I would try and keep her going by, you know, sharing fun things that I was doing and trying to keep her involved with the bits that she couldn't be there for. Because I know, you know, my mum would be at every single show if she could, but at that at that time she couldn't because she literally felt so bad. Um, so my kind of way of dealing with it was to just keep checking in with her, texting her, ringing her when I could, and 
and I knew that she would be able to watch my Instagram and see the live shows and clips that I could repost. So that's all I could really do in that in that scenario, just sort of uplift her as much as I could because I know how tough it is for anyone going through cancer. It's just awful. What are some things that perhaps you were doing then and maybe you're still doing now to really look after yourself during that time? Because you're so go, go, go with everything your life and everything you're doing is so incredible. But how do you just check in with yourself and give yourself some time? Um, I, I will say last year, I was not good at it at all. I, I The world of drag is so filled with late nights, eating rubbish, drinking lots. So last year, actually, my mental health was terrible. I've taken myself through a huge change and I've put myself first actually this year. Started getting back in the gym and working out and moving my body, eating much better. I went and saw a nutritionist back in January just to just to make sure I was eating the right things, not necessarily to lose weight. I had gained a massive amount of weight for me last year. Um, so I kind of decided to to take control of what I was doing with my body, with my, with my brain. Yeah. So, so now I, I, I feel in the best place I've ever been right now. I've launched my own fitness brand called Fitty, which is all about inspiring people to get back into moving and just really like, not necessarily to get ripped, but just to start moving and to feel comfortable in their own bodies and to get going again. And I really do feel like since I've looked after number one, a bit, a lot more that life has just it's taken off and this year has just been the best year I've had. And I thought it, I thought that last year was the best year I'd, I'd ever have and would have ever. But now I, now I look back, there was a lot of times where I just was a mess and I'm so glad that I've, I'm so glad that I've kind of turned a corner and that I feel this way. It's, it's, it's good. I think it's all about looking after yourself before everyone else and stop worrying about what everyone else uh, what you think everyone else expects from you. I think that's really good. And, you know, especially it's also great that your mum is has the all clear. And I was wondering if you had any advice. Um, obviously, that's some great, great stuff there about self-care. But um, any advice specifically for someone who's supporting a family member through a life-changing diagnosis? Like, is there anything that you would pass on to them as words of wisdom? Um, I think the the easiest and the best thing you can ever do for someone going through anything, whether it's a mental struggle or a diagnosis like my mum, is to just check in as much as you can. Just a little text now and then just to say like, hi, hope you're good. Or like, you know, sending them a silly meme or something to make them laugh, just to take their mind away from what what's going on. But I think, you know, a phone call or a text is so easy. And I think people forget that they can do that. And my mum herself has said, like, thanks so much for always checking in with me because it's those little things that just make a difference to someone's day. You know, they can be going through such a struggle. And just to get a message from a loved one or a friend just can completely get them out of their funk, you know, get them get on with their day. Like, and do it with humour as well. With my mum, like, we have such a close relationship. There was, there was some moments, like, in the last couple of months where she's struggled with the aftermath of recovering from cancer where she just felt like rubbish and didn't want to do anything so I'd just be like mum get yourself up have a wash because you stink I can smell you from here and get on with your day and you know that that kind of just got her got her up and out and I I said 
just walk over to the park, you know, dress up, wear a beret, look mysterious and just go and sit in a cafe and create your own story for that day and just get yourself out of whatever place you are right now because there's different methods and I think you have to try them to see if they work. Like I, I remember speaking to someone who suffered massively with depression and stuff. And he said, you know, some days I just feel like, right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to dress like an artist today. And I'm going to go and sit in a gallery and just pretend I'm someone else. Because, you know, a huge part of my job is escapism and pretending to be someone else. So I think it it can be used as a, as a, as a tool for people that are, are going through something. I know that you've done a lot of work you and your mum with Copperfield and um some other charities um has channeling your energy into something positive you know making a positive out of negative has that really helped a hundred percent yeah like uh so I put my mum I work with Copperfield breast cancer charity and Alzheimer's society two charities that are massively close to my heart my nan has Alzheimer's my mum's obviously had two lots of cancer, the last one being breast cancer. And I think using my platform to do some good, to do to educate people, especially with breast cancer, has been massively important and I, because I would hate to have got all this following and, you know, got some mild fame on Drag Race and done nothing with it and just done shallow things like sell makeup or like um, hair products or receive free stuff. It means a lot to do to do charity work and to to raise money, to raise funds, to raise awareness, because um, we've got to look after the next generation. And for me, with with my platform being so diverse, so I've got the whole LGBT community. I've got your mums at home, your dads. You know, everyone follows me. Are so different, and I think um, the reach that I have is going to be unique to to people that would normally work with these charities so I think I think that's really important for me as well to to send the message for example that that men get breast cancer too you know 400 men a year get breast cancer and I think people are very unaware of that whatever I can do to raise awareness um is really important like I did I did a trek with Copperfield in June and one of the amazing girls that did it has just passed away and it it really kind of shows to me why we do it why why we do that work and it was it was devastating blow to hear that she'd passed on because she was the most bubbliest she had such a zest for life and it it really really upset me but um yeah that's why I do it it's it's something meaningful and something that I would have never been able to do before I went on drag race and did all this stuff so yeah so I'm going to continue doing it and because you know I just I love it and and it I can bring a unique a unique sort of, what's the word, a unique front to these charities, which maybe they've not had before. Yeah. And I'm really sorry to hear um, about her passing. That's really, that's really sad. Um, and it kind of leads me on to a, a bit of a darker question, unfortunately, but do you ever get anxious about the fact that, you know, your, your mum's had cancer twice? Does, do you ever feel like maybe it might come back one day? Do you struggle with that anxiety or are you like living in the moment and just savoring every moment? Oh yeah, it does. It's, it's a scary thought. I try not to think about it because, you know, she's, she's had it twice and she's obviously got the all clear, but like if she was to have to go through it again, I'm just like, Oh God. But having worked on the trek with these women that had had cancer multiple times and the girl Brogan that that passed away it spread to 
all over her body. And that's that's the scariest thing. It really is. So it's it's just about and it scares me that I'm gonna get cancer as well, to be honest, and and Alzheimer's and all sorts. So like it's you can't think about it because the chances the the figures are scary in itself. I think it's one in one in three will get dementia. One in two could get cancer. So it's like, well, you've just got to live your life, haven't you? You can't you can't go around worrying about it all the time. Um, I know I've always embraced life and taken on challenges and pushed myself. So if I was to get something like that, then I know at least I've had a good life and I've I've tried my best. And with my mum, like she, ha- having gone through all that, I feel like she's in a place where she's like, do you know what? I'm just going to love life now and get on with it because um, she's a bit like sod staying in a job where I don't necessarily enjoy it and I feel stressed. So she's taken herself on holiday. She's booked New Year's. So yeah, I, I do, obviously I do worry. And the thought of it, I just can't think about because um, it would be too upsetting and too stressful. So for the minute, we're just going to embrace life. And she comes to lots of fun PR events that I go to and just going to just gonna carry on, keep calm and carry on and be very British about it and uh, pretend we're not worried and and crack on. Live for the moment. We like it. Well, before we let you go, there's one final question that we ask all of our podcast guests. Um, and that's what's the most important lesson you've learned about your mental health and what would you want to pass on to our listeners? I, I've learned that I need to I need to not pretend that everything's okay all the time. You know, like they say it's okay not to be okay. That's very, very true, but it's not easy for a lot of people to accept it and so I I had to learn to take the time when I needed it but also that I needed to take control of the situation and not just keep doing the same things so my advice in terms of mental health from my own journey is to is to work on yourself and take yourself and look after yourself first because I think that's so important and I think a lot of the time we think we're doing that, but actually we're not. We're actually just adding to adding to the stress, adding to the mental health problems. So yeah, my advice is take yourself, look after yourself, priority. Um, yeah, prioritise looking after yourself, live your life and try and have a laugh as well. That's brilliant. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on today. We're really happy that you came. Thank you very much. It was gorgeous to meet you. You too. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Thank you so much to Nick for being our guest on Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by anything you've heard today, please call Samaritans on 116123. You can find us on our Facebook group, Mentally Yours, and on Twitter at MentallyYRS. And get involved. Tell us what you've been doing this week to look after your mental health. Message at Pineapple Audio Production on Instagram with your voice notes. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow and review for more podcast episodes coming your way soon. Mentally Yours is produced by Pineapple Audio Production. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.